views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rowley. Conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. Claudette brings fresh, innovative perspectives that push the boundaries of what organizational cultures can and should be. Learn how to catalyze your organization's workforce into an authentic, intentional, and financially successful culture. Now here's your host, Claudette Rowley. Hi, everybody. I'm Claudette Rowley, and you are listening to Cultural Brilliance, the DNA of Organizational Excellence on Transformation Talk Radio. And this is a really special show because you are joining us for our very first Cultural Brilliance Think Tank. And I am really thrilled to have Dr. Pat Basili here with me today uh, to join me for this first Think Tank. Welcome, Dr. Pat. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this, Claudette. I mean, you know, the fact that we're absolutely bringing a think tank to the airwaves is just really amazing. So very, very cool stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm. It's fun. We're kind of we're kind of creating this as we go along, aren't we? We're going to see what happens today. <laughs> we're actually demonstrating the think tank by actually demonstrating right. it, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um, and one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, uh, just in in general, when I've been thinking about culture, and you and I have chatted a bit about this, mm-hmm. is this what I'm seeing is an upswing in authenticity in the world, like just generally in our larger culture. And I was curious if you've been noticing that too. Yeah. You know, not only have, uh, I think we've been noticing it, but what I've been noticing is when people can't find it, what they're labeling that thing that is not authentic. Right. Hmm. And there's a new demand for, uh, authenticity in a much larger way to come to the forefront. And so authenticity, as we're seeing it in the world, has many, 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 many different attributes, don't you think? What, what, what does it come to mean for you? You know, it's a, such a great question. I mean, for me, it, it gen, in a general sense, it's really come to mean it, telling our truths, you know, telling our truths about, and of course, if we had 20 people in the room, they might have 20 different truths, but it's, what's, what's actually true for me? What is my experience? You know, how do I feel? What's going on? You know, what do I know? What am I sharing? It, that's I, authenticity and, and truth. And they're not the same thing, but in many ways in my mind, they're becoming synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. What about you know, for you? It will. I think that, you know, for so many people, that, you know, we're looking at what does it mean to be authentic? You know, what is what does that mean? And one of the definitions is not false, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not false, not an imitation, real, actual. Um, When you when you take a look at this even further in the definition, it says being true to one's own personality, spirit or character. And Mm -hmm. and that's really what you're saying about organizations. You know, do we really create enough to let people show up as their true nature or are we so bent on finding fault in in organizations and culture that we actually don't want to confront the culture the way it actually is? 
Yeah, with that word real that you used. I mean, that's yeah. an, an not false, right? The opposite of truth. But getting into what's real and often, so when I'm saying in organizations, let's talk about what's true. What I'm actually saying is let's also, let's talk about what's real, what is actually happening. You know, what conversations are you actually, are you having? What's going on in the dynamics? What are you actually producing? And so much of the realness gets lost in office politics, mm-hmm. you know, fear, uh, we, our leaders not, our leaders don't really talk about what's real. So I don't know if we should really talk about what's real, right? We don't have a lot of permission for that here. Um, or, or, or even people who have been in a particular organizational culture for so long that they don't really question it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they put up with the particular level of dysfunction or, you know, an inability to confront what's actually happening. Zach, it's really fascinating to see what culture in both directions can do to a group of people. Yeah. You know, we were talking before the show about a book that I came across in my library as we were kind of going through the the rotation of books. Mm-hmm. And the book was actually called The Fear, uh, Fear-Free Organization. And it talks about vital insights from neuroscience to transform the culture in the business in the business. And I don't think that we talk about fear very much. It's almost like, wait a minute. We're not going to talk about that thing. And if we don't talk about it, then the question really remains, how authentic are we really being? Are we really just sugarcoating everything and talking and bringing things to the surface that we think uh, our management wants to hear? Or are we really ready to contribute to a heartfelt conversation that may actually help the organization? Yeah, that, that's true. And that brings me back to some past experiences even the last five, 10 years that I've had around this, using the word fear in certain mm-hmm. businesses, where yeah. really I was told like, we, we actually don't use that word here. Right. Or, or, or coaching <laughs> certain leaders and for whom I knew if I used the word fear, I could, that they would feel incredibly vulnerable. So I need to say, are you slightly apprehensive? Mm. You know, I, I'd have to go in a, a, a little bit of a backdoor way just to meet them where they were. And but if we look at, you know, we look at apprehension, we look at, you know, concerns, we look at all these different things. They're just lighter ways of saying, we actually have some fear. Like fear is yeah. the bottom line of all of that. We are afraid if we do A, B, or C, or D, the repercussions are going to be negative. Yeah. You know, they're finding now, and this is really what's so exciting about this today and having this conversation about it, you know, a think tank by the very nature of that term is a place where you should be able to come to experience pure imagination. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the idea of bringing people together, you know, to think uh, in a group doesn't mean we only show up with our minds, You know, we have to show up with all of who we are. And we now know from science that fear causes changes in the brain, as does the other seven emotions, basic emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. whether it's trust, love, excitement, anger, uh, shame, those actually change the brain. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, if they're changing the brain and it's in our corporate culture, and how does the brain of the organization change, essentially? It's, an, it's such a fascinating question. I yeah. think the brain, you know, if you have a bunch of collect, you know, for collective brains, yeah, all be Im- impacted in certain ways by fear or positive emotions, any of the emotions. Yeah, it, it is absolutely going to impact the brain. I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, individual, individually as people, right? If we get anxious about something, 
and what happens to our thinking at that point, that we have less access to our imagination, we have less ask, uh, um, access to our creative problem solving and innovative ways of thinking about things. And then if you take a group of 20 people or 50 people in a unit, business unit, and they're all feeling anxious, you've just lost probably 75% of your creativity because well, they can't think as clearly anymore. No. And you know, what's really fascinating about this is, you know, you mentioned, and I want to go back to it, you know, you mentioned uh, organizations and culture and in talking about, you know, what's going on in, in the world and sort of in the headlines. Mm -hmm. And what we just discovered is we just discovered what certain cultures now in business are doing to reflect upon what's going on in the outside world and what they're doing and how they're going about it. And, you know, one of the things I'm really, really struck by today is I live in the state of Washington and mm -hmm. there is a culture here that people talk about. And if, if you, if you don't live in the state of Washington and you live in New Jersey and New York, where I grew up, you look at Washington and Oregon, mm -hmm. that's the way we used to, I don't call it that right. anymore, but that's right, totally yeah. what we say. And you, and you would look over here and you would say, you know, those people are really from another planet. <laughs> I mean, this is the way that the world, you know, looks at this, you know, the, these two little states that hang up here, right next mm -hmm. to, right up here by Canada. And they don't really pay much attention to the culture here. Oh, those people, they're green people. They're about the earth. They're, you know, and they go on and on and on about it. But what the problem is, they've never seen the state of Washington as really much in the activist arena, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what happens now is when you have What's going on now is, is in Washington and the tech field and what folks are saying, these cultures are rising up, especially Google. And they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Our culture is this. And we cannot be in work at Google and be quiet about what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. isn't that a level of authenticity that demonstrates and comes from a culture that literally cannot be boxed in by outside events. I think it's a fascinating, I think it's fascinating to look at this because Google is a fearless culture and they are now out in the world saying, okay, we're fearless out here too. Yeah. It was just making me think about how positive organizational cultures most likely lead to other larger cultural changes, right? Because where you are day in and day out, right? Oh, we're not fear. We don't have any fear here at Google, right? So we can go out into the world and talk about and and how we how we feel, what we think should be happening, and advocate for things that are important to us. Yeah, because we're not we're we're not in a fear based soup all day long, right? In our brains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the shock when we talk about culture, and 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 and, and I think when we come back, we're going to really continue this think tank conversation. Sometimes what we believe is oh, the culture of the organization. That's not really who I am. That's not you know. It doesn't really transcend. And yeah, you, know, you you know yeah the, the Amazon, Washington, you know all of that. Those people, they're different. You don't expect 
action to be taken that's in alignment with culture. So what's kind of cool about this is how does authenticity then show up? How does an organizational culture reflect a bigger culture? And how can you predict the action and events of that culture if, in fact, you're not going to allow it to be itself? Because I got to tell you today, we are all in shock, you know, when our governor got voted in here after a really strong personality governor that we used to have. Many people were thinking this guy is milk toast. Mm. And I'm telling you, he is all over the headlines today. And people are asking, what is the culture of Washington State now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this is our think tank moment, though, isn't it? It, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is. A work in progress. <laughs> well, let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this think tank. Today, you know, this is a conversation, a cultural brilliance conversation. It is our cultural brilliance think tank. You know, what are Claudette and I willing to explore about authenticity, culture, and emerging change in our world? What are we seeing? And who are the people authentically leading the charge? Stay tuned. I'm going to be right back. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. 
want to relax more, feel happier, and be more confident? Do you want to have more success in your life? Dave Dodge has some easy, effective methods to help you release your anxiety, worry, fear, depression, and even physical pain. Tune in to Stress Buster Radio with Dave Dodge every second Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. For more information on how Dave can help you release your stress, visit StressBusterRadio.com. Skype and phone sessions are available. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Claudette Rowley. Claudette, you know, before we keep going here, tell tell folks a bit about cultural brilliance, how they can find out more about you. And, and let's talk about how this think tank idea came to the forefront. Absolutely. So cultural brilliance, culturalbrilliance.com is the best way to find out about a little bit more about what cultural brilliance is. And, you know, in a nutshell, when we think about brilliant cultures, it's really about helping it could be an organizational culture or really any culture, understand what's authentic about that, authentic about the culture itself, what really is working, what's not working, and then starting to consciously and intentionally design something different or better that better meets the organization's needs, its growth goals, where it needs to head to. And then finally, integration, which is where we take the design and we say, how do we integrate this really in a, in a respectful in positive way throughout the organization so that the change actually sticks. And so that's mm-hmm. in a nutshell what cultural brilliance is about. And then through that process, how do we bring out the brilliance in people in the in the individual people and all of the the people in the organization as a group? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Think- so well, this is what I wanted to ask you about. The think tank is a, an instrument that could truly help people, right? Yeah, I actually was just talking with someone today about it <laughs> earlier. And yeah, so the yeah, the think tank came about I, I think in a conversation we were having, right, with this idea. Of what if we what if there was a cultural brilliance think tank? What would be what would actually be happening in that? And so if we take the think tank idea into an organization, what I was talking with someone this morning about, a leader, was what if we got groups of people together and you know 10 people, 20 people in a room, and we said, here's a problem that really needs to be solved. And they agree, you know, it's a problem that really needs to be solved in the organization. And we, other than giving them some parameters around whatever needs to be around the solution, time, money, resources, saying, you guys come up with the best solution you can think of. And then also decide how it could be executed. How could we actually implement the solution? And the idea being is that the people closest to the problem are often going to come up with the most brilliant ways of solving the issue versus the senior leadership team sitting up there saying, this is how I think we should resolve this this problem without talking to the people who actually handle the problems day in and day out. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I think you talked about earlier, and I want to jump back to it is, you know, this level of creating an authentic think tank, right? Because we're talking about authenticity. How many think tanks or how many groups have you participated in, have had somebody facilitate 
where it's really hard to find out from people what the heck is on their minds. And yet then big dollars are spent. People are going out there and, you know, consultants are coming in. Then we now have re-engineering only to find out that's not really what was on people's minds. Yeah, and it, it's, it happens a lot. And actually, the leader I was talking to this morning, uh, they've made a big change in um, some of the roles in the organization. They've restructured a bit, and no one lost their jobs or anything, but people are in, shuffled into different um, areas, and they have some new reporting structures. And he was saying, you know, we really need to do some change management work here because I'm hearing that folks are not all that they're saying everything's wonderful, but then they kind of underneath the surface what what folks are hearing is it's not so wonderful. People aren't that happy. And what do we need to do to start to get to the bottom of this, find out what's going on. And then, and he was the person I was talking to about the cultural, this idea of, of doing some think tanks, like finding out from these people who are less than happy about the changes, what, what's making them unhappy? What's going on? What solutions would they have what they have for the problem. And I think it's for many leaders, it's a really new way of even considering working with their employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, we also mentioned was this idea of fear, um, authenticity and fear. Sometimes it's okay to say, I'm afraid, right? You know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if, you know, Joe becomes the, you know, the president of our company, he's got a reputation or she's got a reputation. And what's going to happen is they're going to come in and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. We do not talk about the elephant in the room. That's not a think tank. That's not even a focus group, right? We're not talking about what really is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, here you and I are talking about how do we reflect in true cultural change, the nature, the energy and the vibration of a culture so that, that we can truly bring forth all those positive things that do make it great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of it is getting, is giving people permission and an opportunity and a voice to say, this is what's working for me and this is what isn't. And, and it's really hard to move forward into any kind of brilliance or greatness if you haven't actually had a chance to talk about what's real. You yeah. know, and in this this example I was giving about the conversation I had this morning when, you know, I said, well, what's the, I asked, what's the mindset of people, you know, from your perspective? He said, that's a great question. He said, I, people talk to me, they say it's wonderful, but then when they, you know, then sometimes my assistant hears something really different. Well, and so what, what would it be like to get to the, you know, in that mm, case, to the bottom mm-hmm. of just, and probably nothing really dramatically negative is happening, right? It's just the people are going through change. So how do you get to the bottom of what they're experiencing and then go from there? Mm. You know, here's the thing that, you know, I think is so important. You've been on think tanks, you've been in, you've been mastermind groups. We've both been part of those conversations. And yet here we are, if we are asked to participate, and this is something you do, you know, you work with organizations and say, let's come in here, let's find out what's going on. It's got to be interesting, right, as someone like you and me who works with organizations and we, we go in and we ask people what's going on, and then we ask the leadership team what's going on. And my gosh, are we even talking to the same organization? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it, it happens. It happens so often, doesn't it? 
I know. It really, it really, really does. You know, where we, we just wonder. And I, and I, in some ways though, I find it really instructive because it tells me there's a lot of different perspectives on the, on a particular culture. Um, and I think that that, that's always really, really important to know. It's really important to know. Um, yeah. And I'm curious, you know, from, you were mentioning what's going on in, you know, in, in Washington and Oregon and, and a lot of the changes there. And what are you, what are you noticing about what people are talking about in terms of culture? What's, you know, oh, okay. is there anything hot? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's really easy for me to comment about that yeah. because many people don't know this, but the state of Washington does have a diverse population, but not diverse like where I grew up in New York and New Jersey. You know, it's a predominantly white uh, state. Uh, and many people think that we just kind of hang out here and kind of go quietly in the in, in the night. But it has been one of those states that literally took initiative and action way early on in its history to say people have rights and we're going to we're going to take care of health care. You know, we're going to we're going to treat people right that are from diverse backgrounds. We're going to be advocates for LGBTQ rights. You know, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, we were the only state and still, I believe, the only state in the country that in the same election legalized marijuana and voted in um, uh, uh, same-sex marriages. And, mm -hmm. and here's the deal with that. That vote came after the governor already put it into law. So we're the mm -hmm. only state that had something like that happen that first became law and then was followed up by a vote. This is the state of Washington. It is a state of action and it is a state of activists, mm -hmm. you know, but it's done in a quietly different, it's done in a different way. It's kind of like the culture here quietly goes ab about its business. And the next thing you know, you got an attorney general that is taking legislation to the Supreme Court. Now you got a governor that's going to serve an executive order to the president. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, if, if many people are not really following that headline, I'm talking about it because I live here, mm -hmm. but I bet you didn't know about it. It's going to, it's, no. so it's kind of like this, <laughs> it's kinda, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like the slowness you know, it's kind of like watching a rhino, right? You mm -hmm. know, this giant animal that you watch and people look at and they say, well, that thing can't move very fast, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, they are outrunning you and you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's it, For me, it is a, it's a culture of freedom here. Mm -hmm. That's why I moved here. You know, it's a culture of freedom. It's a culture of diversity where people come to the table and they talk about the diversity, but also the solution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what I know about this culture. It doesn't mean that the folks here are passionate, you know, don't get fired up about things, but it's a kind of interesting fired up. They don't do a lot of talking about stuff, but they get into action. And that's what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's exciting. It, it is exciting. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. What executive order? What the heck does that thing say, Jay? Jay mm -hmm. Inslee is our governor. Mm -hmm. And and then of course you you know uh, here you go. Why aren't more people speaking up now? Let's talk about this because you you know you brought it up earlier in the show. It's what Jay said. Governments, state governments, are being threatened. Mm -hmm. They're being threatened. 
And the quote that I mentioned before came from him, I think, yesterday or this morning. Clear. If you think you're going to jerk away that he doesn't even say he's like jerk away the state's Medicare money because we won't become mini ICE agents. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the government. So how do you define that type of culture? It doesn't get any more authentic than that. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Another definition of authenticity. You stand up for what you believe. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the businesses in the states and now the cultures, Let's talk about the cultures in the businesses for a minute, because that's what we're seeing. You know, did you did you have a sense that the high tech organizations would rise up the way they did those cultures? Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't surprise me. And it and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it was I was really pleased to see it, but it, it didn't surprise me because I, you know, somehow that fits the model of the way that I think about them, right? That they're uh-huh. people who are innovative anyway. They're sometimes outliers. Uh-huh. And they're going to say, no, I mean, th- this isn't this isn't working for us. Yeah. 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 Let's take a short break. We come back. What happens if you're in a culture that is value th- valuing something that you don't value? You know, what if you live in the state of Washington right now and you're thinking, what the heck is the governor doing? What's Amazon doing? This is my company. What are these people doing? Oh boy, I, I Claudette's got to handle that one. We'll be right back. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. If you're dealing with fear and anxiety, you've probably noticed that the more you fight these emotions, the stronger they seem to get. Dr. Friedemann Schaub, the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, explains that instead of suppressing, we need to identify and resolve the deeper, subconscious root causes of fear and anxiety. His personal breakthrough program has helped thousands worldwide to overcome their emotional challenges. To learn more, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com and schedule your free consultation with Dr. Schaub now. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. What if your body and mind were the compasses to the secrets, mysteries, and magic of life? 
Glenna Rice, co-host of The Questionable Parent, is inviting you to access all that is possible. Glenna is a 10-year certified veteran access consciousness facilitator who offers an amazing variety of life-changing classes and workshops. Work with Glenna from anywhere with teleclasses and workshops all over the globe. To learn more and see Glenna's current schedule of events, classes, and workshops, visit glennarice.com. Tune in to Dynamics of Diversity Radio, scripting the new narrative for immigration with leading experts, Kripa Upadya and Steve Tanijo on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will remove the noise that often accompanies discussions on this topic and share a new perspective on the dynamics of immigration and diversity, ever reminding us that together we are all at the core of innovation, excellence, and positive change. Visit OrbitLawPLLC.com for upcoming topics. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Yeah, Claudette Rally, I'm Dr. Pat. We are taking on a cultural brilliance think tank. We uh, are. Yeah, we are. And boy, this is a new experience for both of us, isn't it? It is. I know. It's our very first one. <laughs> Completely new and different. <laughs> well, you know, usually we're on the outside of things and we're facilitating things, right? Right. And we come to the table with a structure and maybe some organization and we know what we want to do or what we want to happen at the end of it. Mm -hmm. But true think tanks. Right. You know, when you hear stories of discoveries that are made and problems that people are solving and how people come together to solve them. Right. Mm -hmm. It is basically unscripted in that you know you want to get to something to be done about a particular thing, but you may not have a process for doing it. That's a little bit different than the work you do because you do have a process, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We always be working with the process or it would be chaos. <laughs> so, so there, and, and I think in a true a true think tank, meaning I think uh, a policy think tank, for example, mm -hmm. it's based more on data and definitely ideas. And I think when in our in a cultural brilliance think tank, we're also bringing in other things like heart, potentially you know spirit, emotion, right? So we bring yeah. in all facets of a person or a group of people are can be part of that think tank. What are they experiencing? Not just what are the facts and data. So yeah, it's exciting to be to be piloting this. Well, you know, what are, what are the pros and cons? Let's talk about this for a minute. What are the pros and cons of, of, of a think tank kind of in the way that you and I are doing it today? But more importantly, you know, what are some advice and suggestions we might have for people? Yeah, I think I, two things come to mind. One is you, you need to have, you give your think tank, so is there a problem to solve, right? And are there particular parameters around it? Like you can, you can, as long as you don't go outside of, you know, you don't spend more than $10,000 on your solution, you can get it done in six months, right? Something like that. Yeah, you have some <laughs> yeah. sort of parameter or yeah. you definitely you definitely can't go this particular direction. That's off the table, but anything else is fine. I think that that you know, having some sort of constraints, I find actually helps increase creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now we know we can't, it has to be done in six months, all right? So that focuses us in a particular way. Um, I also think then encouraging people in a think tank setting to, to like I just was saying, bring in their whole selves, right? Bring it, bring in all of you. Um, and it's not just an intellectual discussion. It could be talking about what an emotional experience has been, what a, your felt sense of something has been, your intuitive sense of it has been. Looking mm -hmm. at everything is, is a form of data, 
Mm. Besides just actual, you know, reports that have run or data on a page, you know, facts, facts and evidence, things like that. And I think that's a really, really important aspect to the think tanks uh, you know, I'm thinking about and conceptualizing for organizations is people get to bring their whole selves in because we really want them to bring their whole selves to work. So why mm. wouldn't they bring all of who they are into a into a think tank setting? Uh, and as we also know from so much research that's been done in the last several years that Emotion is driving a lot of what we do anyway, right? How we feel about things is is actually a really, really, really important piece of information. And when we tell people to shut that off, we're actually also telling them to shut off their intuition and their instincts. So I think that's really important. Yeah. You know, when a, when we're talking about culture and we're talking about organization, we are really talking about people. People make up culture. And you said something fascinating that I, I think it's important to really reiterate, and that is we are talking about people who are filled with emotions, filled with logic, you know, filled with their own personalities, all of the above. And yet we can literally either bring out the best by using thin ta- think tanks or bring out the worst. And, you know, someone has to set the stage for what direction that's going to go in, right? Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it the leadership or, you know, is it the leadership or are there informal leaders you think that might make it happen? I, I could think it could be either, right? You could have, if, let's say you were doing the first couple of times you did some sort of think tank. There was a, a production problem to solve or something like that in, a, in an organization. And a group of people got pulled from you know, various departments and teams and units that all, all that made sense that came together, mm-hmm. they'd need some direction. Yeah, maybe you'd have a facilitator set, sitting in for part of it or at least, you know, checking in every half hour or so to make sure they didn't get stuck to help them start understanding that this is really a new skill, right? How we sit down and brainstorm and and we brainstorm ideas. We try to come up with creative solutions. We then need to narrow it down and prioritize what might work. And then it, once we've picked a solution, we need to talk about how we could actually execute it. So that is an act, that's an entire skill set. And it, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of organizations I sometimes go into that are consensus-based. Mm-hmm. And I find that I have a lot of opinions about that. But the point I want to make here is actually being able to, to have a conversation that brings you to consensus is a skill. And true consensus building is not sitting around and talking and talking and talking until, in most cases, in reality, some people just kind of give up because they want to be done talking. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go along with some people's ideas and we call it consensus. And a lot of times folks really don't have the, the skills needed to come to true consensus, to have that kind of a conversation. And I imagine the same can be true with think tanks. We need to train people. It could be light training, right? It could be, you know, facilitated, but these are some ways to think about this. These are some parameters for you. Definitely. Yeah. Um, What do you think are the opportunities for organizations to take a look at this brilliant think tank? You know, what, what can we see perhaps turn out differently for folks if they were to say, yeah, I'm interested in a new way of going about this. Mm-hmm. You know, no more individual climate surveys that we're going to do nothing about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I believe that people do have far more insight in most cases in organizations than they either feel comfortable sharing or they feel that they're allowed to share depending on the culture. 
so I think these think tanks are really an opportunity to bring out, it's done well, to bring out the best in people and to really give tremendously to the organization because they're going to see, they're going to get more, they're going to see how problems can be solved differently. They're going to get more of the individual and collective brilliance of people, their talent, their skills, their know-how, their insights, their experiences, you know, all coming to the forefront. Uh, So it really is a very, very authentic experience. Mm. My sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been in a position, I know I have been, have you ever been in a position where there were things on your mind and you were less than authentic? I know I can think about a lot of them, um, especially early on in my career. You know, I didn't want to say things. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I didn't want to talk, you know, uh, out of school. I didn't want to make my boss angry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. And then one day I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I got to tell you, Claudette, I was unrecognizable. That's Mm -hmm. what happened to me. I think Mm -hmm. I had a spiritual awakening. Something Mm -hmm. happened to me. Because Mm -hmm. I looked in the mirror and I could no longer be that yes ma'am for that next big fat raise. I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, I'm almost thinking we're seeing more and more and more of that in the culture emerging, right? Mm -hmm. But I can tell you all of those years from kind of sucking it up and putting it in there and not speaking, you, you know. Uh, it took it to- it took its toll on me it really did i don't know what do you think i think i think it's your your personal example is a great example of what can happen to people and i i know i've had it happen too earlier in my career where you know yeah you one day you look in the mirror and think this is actually killing my spirit and and i can't remember the last time i felt like i truly had a voice in what was going on you know and what kind of pretzel do i have to twist myself into today so that the, you know, my boss will hear me so that, you know, other, you know, I can manage the politics swirling around me, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think it really, it, it takes, um, it reminds me of a book I've referenced on several shows in everyone culture where they, they actually talk about that most people in organizations have a second job and the second job is managing their <laughs> reputation, right. And handling the politics because there's not trust, authenticity, you know, people don't feel comfortable telling the truth, giving feedback to each other, and they don't feel that they can be vulnerable. And all of that, I think, yeah, it, it, to your example and and the example I gave, at some point it actually hurts our health and well-being. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is that so, your experience? Uh, oh, I yeah. mean, it's kind of like, listen, if you can't get your think tank on at work, think about a think tank outside of work to help you out. We're going to take a short break when we come back. You know, what does the A in authenticity stand for? Uh-oh, that's a good one. Not sure I know the answer. We'll be right back. (laughs) Gifted intuitive healer and spiritual teacher, Sarah Luce, brings her unique style to the hit show, Small Steps, Big Breakthrough Radio on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in each month as Sarah turns reality on end and shows us how to experience expansive results with simple yet powerful steps. Expect an enlightening bend on what you currently believe is possible. For show details and upcoming topics, visit SarahLoose.com. That's S-A-R-A-L-O-O-S.com. Do you feel that there's a bigger, better life for you? Is there anything holding you back from living the life you were meant to live? 
If you'd like to find your life's true purpose and calling, join the world's foremost authority on primal spirituality. David Carr share in Becoming a Sun Radio, emotional and spiritual intelligence for a happy, fulfilling life. Tune in once a month to Becoming a Sun Radio with David Carr share on the Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit davidcarshare.com today. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Brand consultant Jen Morgan is here with Radically Distinct Radio to help you take control of your future and maximize your brand's power to produce results. Whether you're an individual trying to reinvent yourself and launch a new venture, or you're an executive trying to reposition your company to modernize your sales and marketing programs, Jen Morgan and the RAD Method empower you to play to your strengths and show up in the world as your most powerful brand. To learn more, go to jenmorgan.com, that's Jen with two N's, morgan.com, or call 206 when your body is awakened, your spirit comes alive. Dana Canetto is a transformational guide, embodiment coach, and spiritual mentor assisting women in realigning with their truth and embodying who they are by connecting to the wisdom of their body. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network for Body Divinity Radio with Dana Canetto. For more information on Dana and her services, visit danacanetto.com. That's D-A-N-A-C-A-N-N-E-T-O.com. Wow, what a great show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cultural Brilliance Radio here with Claudette Rowley. You know, Claudette, tell everybody how they can find out more about you. Because, you know, pretty much we're going to have a transcription of this show, as well as there are some other tools on your website. And it explains what Cultural Brilliance is. Yeah, absolutely. And the best way to find me is actually at the website, which is culturalbrilliance.com. Simple and easy. Awesome. Simple and easy. Yeah, yeah. And so we were actually right before the break, Pat, you, you gave us a challenge I by, did. Uh, talking about throwing out there, what does the A in authenticity mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I came up with a couple things that popped to mind right away. Two words, allow and align. Mm. You know, so I think of authenticity, you know, really allowing people to be as they are, allowing organizations to be who they are. Right. And, you know, allowing uh, allowing the emergence to actually unfold. I think a lot of emergence gets squashed. Oh, mm. too much emergence. Oh, stop that. Um, and then the alignment piece, right? Alignment is a very authentic process because we are, whether it's you're bringing a team into an alignment, a whole organization into alignment, your culture into alignment, uh, but it's really getting everybody on the same page working together. And I think that that is also really authentic. Yeah. Yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts? Well, I, I love the word alignment. I think that part, the word that's coming up for me, and I probably because of, you know, the buzz going on here where I live is action. Action. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, a lot of times we look at authenticity as this very fungy kind of thing, you know, concept that many people, yeah, we hear a lot about it. 
action comes up for me. The other thing that I was really struck by is don't we have to start with ourselves? Mm -hmm. Like, don't I have to be completely authentic with what is going on with me, how I see myself, how I see my life? And I think that could be extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once I find it, then maybe there's going to be some action I need to take as a result. Yeah, I find it's either going to be we've got authentic, authentic within ourselves and that impacts organization. I've also seen organizations start to become more authentic and people in the organization that were perhaps less authentic, as less connected to their authenticity, either got on mm-hmm. board with that or they mm-hmm. decided to leave mm-hmm. and self-selected out. But yeah, I think it, it could be a very symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do? Uh, Claudette, and I know, you know, this, this hour is going very quickly. Um, what do you do when you as a consultant now has to bring to the forefront, um, shall I call them the tough conversations? And they, they might be tough uh, only in that they, they have to be honest. You know, how how do you prepare an organization for those conversations? I think part of it, it, it well, it's telling the truth about it, you know, mm-hmm. and and articulating mm-hmm. that I have, you know, my understanding, or maybe people have shared with you know privately with me in interviews, or I just have a general sense. However, the information is coming to me yeah. that there are some important conversations that haven't haven't been conducted that probably need to be conducted. Mm-hmm. Um, almost always people know that already. Yeah. Uh, so they're not particularly shocked by it. Um, they, pro- they may be terrified by <laughs> what's going to happen, but in the conversation, but they aren't, they aren't necessarily shocked because if there's an elephant in the room, people actually do know that. And it's a funny thing that a lot of leaders miss that they don't seem to get that everybody really knows that things aren't working well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, then we would, if we're preparing for an actual conversation, we'd set, do a bunch of pragmatic things like setting norms for the conversation, for behavior and interaction. We try to make it as, find out what would make it as safe as possible. We decide who would be in the conversations. Um, So then you're putting some structures and safeguards around those conversations. So people, Mm -hmm. you know, don't feel completely out of control. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So it gets, it gets fairly pragmatic around the emotions at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was telling you that I went back and I was asked to pull out the survey I used for the research I did. And I want to share a couple of things about, you know, cultural brilliance and what you're creating. I went back and I pulled one small section of my research was both quantitative and qualitative. What that means, a lot of people had a lot to say, 1,200 pages of interview notes, right? Wow. I, I know. But one of the variables I studied was positive and open atmosphere. Isn't that essentially one of the uh, grounding uh, pivotal points, pillars, shall we say, of cultural brilliance, right? It is. Yeah. Positive, open, open atmosphere. And a lot of what happens though is organizations don't, I mean, if they have that, they're probably not calling me, right? <laughs> First of all. <laughs> And, and although I'm happy just to work with any organizations that already have positive open atmospheres that want to take a look at some aspect of their culture, absolutely. But many people who are reaching out um, haven't gotten to that point. And so 
one of the ways it's sort of always a catch 22 because not the only way, but one of the ways we sometimes get through to that kind of a positive boatman atmosphere is we need to talk about the fact that it's not right. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about what's going on in the present, what's real, what's truthful for people, what's their experience like, what do they need in order to get to more positive open atmosphere. So we actually have to start that conversation, although I'll make it as safe as I can emotionally, but we need to start it in um, usually in a less trusting environment. So it is a bit of a catch 22, but I agree you, if you get to a positive open atmosphere, you're definitely on your way to becoming a brilliant culture. If you are taking, you know, it's conscious, intentional, you're taking action, you're executing, you're integrating through all the steps. Okay. So here's the takeaway. And this is going to be so fun to work with you as you're writing your book. Here's the takeaway that that research shows. And now we're hearing about it all the time. And you, in the work you do, you really facilitate the knowledge, the education, and the training for this. Clearly, the research says that if you're not going to have a positive, open atmosphere, Trust is going to diminish. Commitment's going to diminish. But the definition of this is what you talk about a lot. You know, there were three aspects that came through. And this is what this woman talked to me about. Out of all the research, this is the one she wanted to know. Treat people with respect. Encourage honesty. And encourage candid and open feedback. And I want to tell you that when the research was done on this, that the supervisor and the company had very different outcomes, but nobody could match the statistical relationship. It was such a significant value that my committee didn't believe it. And that's what you're doing and it's your work. That's what we're talking about today. Encouraging candid and open feedback was off the chart statistically. So much so, it was a 90% point. Only, listen, respect 97, Mm -hmm. honesty 94, and feedback 90. So do you think maybe you're onto something here, Claudette? You were onto something too, Pat, in your research, right? I I didn't do anything with this. The difference between you and me is I studied it, you're doing something about it. (laughs) But it's great. I mean, just to hear those numbers, right? And it's one thing I find is that treating people with respect, encouraging honesty, and encouraging candid open feedback, what you, you just mentioned, it's so... It's, we know it's challenging to get to, right? But when leaders and, and people and organizations all through the levels of an organization hear that, they're like, it's so, um, it's so basic in a way. It's not sexy. It's not a new process, right? It's not a new model. It's like they want to kind of avoid, is there like a fancy new way we can get to this? And the answer really is, I mean, there might be creative ways, but no, you actually have to sit down and start respecting each other. You have to be honest with each other and you have to learn how to give candid open feedback that doesn't skewer somebody, right? And so it is it is not easy to get to, but it's actually fairly basic and straightforward as a concept. And in some ways, it people want to avoid it because it's so like, well, isn't there another way to do it? Like, well, no, actually, you do need to sit down and talk. <laughs> wow, yeah. what a great show. I mean, and that's what you and I did. For those of you just tuning in and you're listening to this show, this was a show that was done unscripted. This was a demonstration of what a think tank, a think tank can bring to the forefront. 
And that's exactly what happened today. Um, for you, Claudette, thank you for today. Please, everybody, go to the website culturalbrilliance.com. For more information about me, just Google Dr. Pat or go to the Dr. Pat Show or transformationtalkradio.com. Real quick, Claudette, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave everybody with uh, today? You know, I, I, I'm just struck by what we, we just talked about. Really mm. consider really consider what what your organization would be like if people treated each other with more respect were more honest and and incorporated candid open feedback and think you know create a vision for that in your mind what would be happening in your organization if those three things occurred what would transform i love it Thank you, everybody, for tuning us in, turning us on. Yep, lots more to come on Transformation Talk Radio. You've been listening to the hit show Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rowley. Conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. You can download this podcast and find out more about Claudette and her breakthrough work at ClaudetteRowley.com. Please contact Claudette and find out how you can create a brilliant culture 